Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hi, let's talk about Pro Plan Sport. Pro Plan Sport is advanced nutrition made to fuel strength and stamina in active dogs like yours. So wherever your next journey together takes you, start it off right with the high-performance fuel your dog needs to keep pushing you every step of the way. Pro Plan Sport. Learn more at ProPlansport.com. You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for their fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of best tires like the highly consumer-rated Vredestein Pinza AT. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. The volume. The Colin Coward podcast presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. No better place to make every moment more than with FanDuel. Basketball, football, they have awesome new and existing user promotions. It's easy to use. It's safe and secure. You can get your winnings back in two hours. My favorite, the same game parlays. You can bet five or ten bucks in 150 bucks or more. If you are new, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. Get started now. Sign up promo code Colin so they know we and I sent you. The Colin Coward Podcast presented by the FanDuel Sportsbook. Hi, everybody. Welcome into the Monday morning podcast. John Middlecoff's going to join me in about two minutes, the former NFL scout, one of our big hitters here at the volume, hosts three and out and go low pod. He's a diehard golf guy. So we're going to bounce around all sorts of NFL topics, Pac-12 topics, live golf tour topics. Uh, I'm trying to suck every last day out of this summer. I got about seven weeks left until Fox has the NFL, uh, the Big Ten, and the World Cup. And uh, it was just got off a plane, spent kind of the weekend hiking and hanging out with a buddy and the family in uh, Park City. It was great. Hope you're having a great, great summer. Um, we're going to have about four or five announcements starting in a couple of weeks here at the Volume. NFL stuff, a new college football show. I think you're going to love all of it. And so we always appreciate your support. And let's bring in John Middlecoff, my buddy, the former NFL scout. So uh, I had said on the show last week, the one place, now that Baker Mayfield's off the market, the one place that felt like it would work for Jimmy G was Tampa 
because he's such a good soldier, he's such a good guy, that Brady may have more trouble with him than Jimmy would have being a backup to Brady. But now that Brady's going to leave after the year, it's like, I think it'll all be simpatico. Like it's, you know, Tom's not threatened by him. And Jimmy is going to get paid a lot of money to be in a really good football team. So there was a story, Sports Illustrated reported the Bucks and Jimmy G. What do you make of it? I mean, it would make some sense, right, if you factor in that they don't really have – I mean, they would have been screwed. If Tom retired this year, what were they going to do? I mean, they, they were in major, major trouble. Like you said, I mean, he's either going to the Miami Dolphins next year or he's calling it quits. I mean, it's pretty clear. Uh, I, I think Jimmy's in a weird spot because he's clearly good enough to be a starter at several places. Right. But, you know, the musical chairs have all ended. And, and now that Baker – part of the reason to me Baker's there – is because Jimmy is a much more reliable human, clearly. Yeah. But he's expensive. You know, they're they're paying Baker, you know, guaranteed the three million dollars. Then depending on how he plays, it might be a little I mean, it's more. Nothing. But it's nothing. Nothing. It's nothing. Jimmy is on the books for if someone trades for him, unless he does some maneuvering. I think it's almost twenty seven million dollars. Right. So that's not the fifty million dollar quarterback, but that's not. The, even the eighteen million that Sam and Baker, you know, are both on the hook for now. Obviously, Baker's getting split up. Eighteen's a lot less than twenty-seven. You know, yeah. when you talk about it's, you know, middle of July. So if Tampa, the thing is though, Jimmy's contract ends right. It's only one more year. Now it would make sense. Tampa's a good spot. Jason Light, New England guy. They have some connections. Jimmy's a good guy, and he's a solid player. Not a great player. Not a bad player. I, I think you're really getting a good player or a good person who you feel comfortable can just get you through some stuff while you figure other things out. Yeah, I could see them saying, listen, get into our system. Watch Tom for a year like you did in New England. Tom's leaving the second the season's over and we'll give you two years at the helm. I could see them yeah. making a deal and I could see Jimmy G being comfortable with that. He, he's just the kind of guy that it would work. You know, it, it, you know a lot about the Niners. So Mike Silver was on this week and, uh, you know, his report was he had heard you know, and fans only want rose-colored glasses when you talk about their team. If you ever criticize their team, I mean, I've been making fun of the Raiders for 20 years. I've been right 20 straight years, except last yeah. year. And, um, but Trey Lance, optically, it's an ugly release. It is not pretty. He's not a high-completion guy. He's never going to be Drew Brees. There are stories of arm fatigue. I trust my sources. They're keeping Jimmy G around. Um, I think they believe that Jimmy – I think they believe Trey Lance can win games in this system. It's a really favorable quarterback system. Matt Schaub made a Pro Bowl in this. Matt Ryan uh, was, a, was an MVP. Jimmy Garoppolo won 70% yeah. of its games. You're, you're, not, you're not needing Josh Allen here, guy hurtling over people. Lamar no. Jackson making plays with his feet. This is really built. Just don't just don't pull the the Mercedes into a tree. It is a little concerning, isn't it? When you hear various reporters, and I trust my sources that they've got, they do worry a little about his accuracy. Yeah, I, I thought the games that he played last year were not pretty. But if you were going to give him somewhat of a pass, right? Small school guy that had the season wiped out, hadn't played. So he was going to get this offseason. And I went to a, a lot of the OTA practices. I I would say he's improved, but the arm release is still a work in progress. Right. That is something Kyle kind of downplayed it like it's not a big deal. It, they are working on it. 
I had been told in the offseason before the practice, he was trying to shorten up. And there were moments at practice where it's like, oh, that looked very compact, got out of And then there were other, it's just muscle memory. So you resort. Josh Allen has a loopier release, but he gets rid of it fast. You know, there's a difference between having a longer release and still getting rid of it quickly and a longer release, you know, Tebow's the worst case, that takes a long time. Sam Darnold has a long, loopy release. Right. Now, the thing that differentiates Trey from like Sam, for example, he does have power behind it. Yes. Now, to me, the, down the field, he's playing on a team, Colin, with he has the best left tackle. He has arguably the best play caller, or one of the best two or three. He has a ton of running backs. He has a Pro Bowl fullback, a Pro Bowl tight end, a Pro Bowl wide receiver. Brandon Ayuk's good. Juwan Jennings is going to be a good player. It, it, it's a perfect situation for the guy. They're going to run the ball a ton. They just need him to be... Jimmy wasn't at his moments last year. He's not replacing Tom Brady here, right? Or Aaron Rodgers. So the bar is not as, as high, I think, as we act. Now, where the bar is high, the team's good. Yeah. And the team expects to win double-digit games, compete in the playoffs which is always difficult. You know, if you go back to Russell Wilson, right, and it was different circumstances because he was a third-round pick. They played defense and they ran the ball, and then he slowly became the star. Yeah. I think ultimately it's kind of, they want that trajectory, right? Play good defense, run the ball, probably have more weapons in terms of throwing the ball than yeah. Russell did early on in his career. But to me, that's going to be Kyle's mindset, which right. Um, there's a story that broke this weekend, and I don't know what the heck to do with it, that Zach Wilson's girlfriend broke up with him because <laughs> Zach Wilson is shagging his mom's best friend. And I, as I read that flying back to L.A., I'm like, what am I supposed to do with that? He's a good-looking kid. It's two consenting adults. Um, so I'll get past that. But I do think I, – I think Zach is really an interesting case because Jared Goff looked like a complete bust when he had the wrong coach, a defensive yeah. coach. Zach Wilson was wildly inconsistent last year. But if you told me I had to pick Zach Wilson or Robert Sala going forward, I'd pick Zach Wilson. I think he's got real talent. I think he moves well. He's got a really quick release. He's got a lot of heat on it. You know, his judgment, he's young. You know, guys do what they do. Um, this story doesn't in any way screw up his career. No. But like if if you were... If you were, this is New York City, they have tabloids. If you were in the Jets and read that story, would you say, oh, shit? Or would you just be like, I don't care? Well, it's, it's kind of twofold. There's nothing you can do. But we, you and I talked about this last year before the draft. He's coming from a, you know, Utah and then, and then uh, at Provo and BYU. It's a very isolated area to New York where the franchise, whether he went to the Giants or the Jets, it's a disaster. Right. So th these stories, it's not like they can just talk about, well, they won two playoff games last year. This thing is just going to this this going to be a talking point right there with the Yankees for the next week. <laughs> and I sneaky think, Colin, there's a lot of pressure on the Jets not to make the playoffs, but you can't have another four win season. You've had back to back drafts. You now have a quarterback. You have multiple wide receivers. You draft a running back. You draft all these offensive linemen. You sign all these defensive guys. Robert Solo was interviewing twice. You know, a couple years ago, then he finally gets the job where he's interviewing everywhere. My issue with younger coaches, and I'm a little biased because I, I work for Coach Reed who calls the plays. I've been around Kyle who calls the plays. But when you're a young coach, I would say like 45 and under, and I hire you, I want you to call the side of the ball why I'm hiring you. Like, I'm not hiring you for to be the CEO like you're a 62-year-old. Robert Sala is in his early 40s. The defense was awesome. Then he gets the Jets job, 
and he gives it all. He gives the defensive coordinator job away. Like I, I want him to call plays. Look at McVay. Look at Lafleur. Look at Kyle. And I, I know it's a little different. Zimmer uh, coaches can do it on defense, right? And he's not calling defenses. Like he's a good guy. He's a raw raw guy. But I'd also like his schematic impact. And that's why you brought Lafleur's brother to call the offense. But I, I think the Jets. You know, I don't think they don't have to win nine, ten games to make the playoffs, but I do not think they can just be a train wreck. Like, what's the point of these last two years? You got to make some progress eventually. Yeah. And it's also troubling because I think Miami smartly pivoted to the offensive side of the ball. And I think two is going to play very well. We know Buffalo is head and shoulders above everybody. I'm going to pick Miami over New England because I don't think Bella check. Without Tom, how about how about how about Josh, Colin, Matt, Patricia might call their offensive plays. Matt, Patricia, that's insane. It's a little bit of a disengaged 2022 mess. You know <laughs> it, what it goes to show you. What the Patriots go to show you in this league, John. If you don't have the right quarterback, shit gets ugly fast. Pete Carroll, yeah. they're going to be a three win team. Belichick, Zimmer's a very good coach. Vic Fangio is a top five defensive mind. You don't have the quarterback right. You look like you're lost. I think I, I I think one thing the Patriot people will say though is one constant even when Tom left. Remember they had Cam Newton and somehow went seven and nine and last year was Josh. I mean Josh has been there ninety percent of the time and now he's gone and he took like they handled Patricia leaving. They handled Flores leaving. They've lost defensive coaches, but for the most part. Josh has been the constant. And the one time they lost Josh, Bill O'Brien came right in. Obviously, he's, you know, I know people think he's a village idiot, but he's not that bad, obviously, right? He went to the playoffs. He's with Nick Saban. I think the Josh loss, from people I know that have been around that, think it could be crippling. No, Eric Mangini, who won three rings there, has been very reluctant to ever criticize Belichick. He has told me twice, uh, I think both times on the air, People do not understand that Josh McDaniels was probably, once Kyle Shanahan got a head coaching job, the best OC in the game. And it may not be that close. He's like, you just, you know, Josh McDaniels is in that two or three, you know, uh, Lafleur was a top OC. Uh, Shanahan was. I I don't know. You know, I've said this, is that um, it's Greg Popovich. You age very quickly when the superstar exits. And if you ever believe the culture is bigger than the players, and I think Popovich and Belichick have kind of embraced that, um, it gets ugly fast. I mean, San Antonio is not in the discussion as a top seven team, eight team in the West. They're just not in the discussion. Haven't haven't been in years. Years. And we think he's the best coach in basketball. So uh, the New England thing's a bit of a mess. Go yard all summer long with $5 Dinger Tuesdays on FanDuel Sportsbook. This season, all customers, all of them, will get 5 bucks for every home run hit by both teams when you place a $25 to hit a home run wager on Tuesday's Major League Games. Tuesday's games. And the best part about Dinger Tuesdays, even if your bet loses, loses, FanDuel pays you 5 bucks for every home run. No better place in America to bet America's pastime than America's number one sportsbook, FanDuel. So head over right now to your FanDuel account or download the FanDuel Sportsbook app, sign up. Please use the promo code Colin to pick your home run hitter. That's Colin that gets you the deal. All customers, 
$5 every home run hit by both teams on Tuesday's Major League Baseball games. 21 plus and present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Indiana, and Louisiana. Permitted parishes only. Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia. First online real money wager only. Refund issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 533-42-ARIZONA, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat. Connecticut, 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Indiana, Jersey, and Virginia, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana, 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan, 1-877-HOP P-E-N-Y or text H-O-P-E-N-Y 467-369 in New York, Tennessee. Redline 1-800-889-9789 Tennessee. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Firestone tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their Firestone test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. 
Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I, I saw this. Um, I, I don't want to give this a ton of time because I don't think Baker Mayfield's that interesting anymore. And Cleveland will be when they get to Sean Watson. They're both taking shots at each other. They're both leaking stuff. Uh, the Browns are leaking that Baker's immature. You know, Baker's leaking that uh, his side is leaking that uh, Kevin Stefanski, you know, missed a meeting. Wouldn't I don't talk think, to him. And, yeah. yeah, I don't think anybody cares. I mean, just this is pro sports. But I think that a Sean Watson thing, there are stories last week that there are a lot of people now believing that the judge, a woman, is not going to hand over a very stiff suspension. Now, my guess is if she comes out and says, it's not criminal, there's no suspension, Goodell's going to have to levy something or the league will get destroyed. It will be a, a month-long negative yeah. PR mess. But he also doesn't want to go eight from zero to eight, because he's compensated by the owners. What I'm interested in is the judge says, I can't suspend him. And Goodell's like, I got to suspend him. And my guess is it'll be six games, but not Thanksgiving. How do you think it all plays out? Yeah, I mean, I've been adamant. I thought it was a BP fastball for the NFL to do it just indefinitely. Now, I know that they have changed this just indefinitely until everything with all the cases gets taken care of. Like, why do they want to keep dealing with this? He's with Cleveland now. They, they do not care about Cleveland, the Cleveland Browns. You know, ultimately, the league hummed last year without Deshaun Watson. Now, all these stories, clearly he pushed it off to this arbitrator. Like you said, he can come over it. I, I think he has to give him a year. Because the negative PR, and this gets back to his decisions, you know, years ago where he got destroyed for Ray Rice when he saw the video and everyone's like, how could you possibly do that? I, I will be stunned, Colin, if he plays this year. Now, wow. if you tell me tomorrow all these girls recant and obviously the, the information's fluid, no one truly knows except him and her. I'm always uncomfortable with these like he said, she said things because no one knows except these two people. But I just know. I'm 37. My entire adult life, usually these cases are one versus one. This is just pretty outrageous, right? I mean, this is this jumped the shark a long time ago. And regardless, whether he's, I, I don't know if he's a criminal. I don't know if he's innocent. But I do know his judgment as a quarterback. We hold him to very, very high standards, right? Right. The way to act, the way to conduct yourself. How do you trust this guy? His judgment and decision making as a human being, which as a quarterback. They're intertwined because right. you're carrying the franchise right. are more than questionable moving forward. They just are. And he was always known as a great guy. You know, everyone thought his character was pristine. Well, a lot of great guys can be weird guys. A lot of the stories read as weird, you know, just just weird habits. Um, whether or not they're criminal, that's for courts to decide. For sure. But, you know, the last time we saw him, Joe Burrow wasn't Joe Burrow. Herbert wasn't this good. Kyler wasn't this good. And I, and I thought about this. Josh, Josh Allen's gotten a lot better. I liked Deshaun. I never thought he was a beautiful thrower of the football. I thought he was athletic. I thought he was a playmaker. But I never thought he threw a ball as pretty as a lot of the guys that move around. You know, it, it's Lamar Jackson wasn't that good. You know, I my takeaway the other day, I did a top 10 quarterback list. 
I wouldn't have put him in it. I, I not that I don't like him. Um, I don't consider him an elegant thrower. We've had four or five young quarterbacks take major leaps. I think Derek Carr's taken a leap, frankly, in the last yeah. two years. What is Deshaun Watson now? I had friends in the NFL that two years ago when he was having the great statistical season, remember, they were terrible that year. I think they won four games, and Bill O'Brien got fired early. In the, He does not have a Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes arm. No. So when you watch him, they say he really hangs his hat on. He's an instinctual player. Yeah. When it turns into backyard football, he's incredible. Running around, his athleticism, his ability to keep plays alive, but his his eyes down, you know, outside the tackle box, kind of what Russell did early on in his career. But he does not have an howitzer. You know, a lot of his great plays come on instincts, which is really important. Yeah. But the knock is like, can you just sit in the pocket, Mahomes style, uh, Aaron Rodgers style, Tom Brady, and just pick you apart? I don't think people ever viewed that. And remember, his best receiver was Hopkins, who he just basically threw it up and he made incredible plays. And he was great. Yeah. And they had an incredible rapport. But it wasn't just picking you apart down the field time and time again. I don't. But he relative to the rest of the league. I would put him somewhere between like seven. And again, this is, we are a long way removed. Right. You know, you, you, your best, one of you, my favorite takes of yours is the John Gruden thing. You don't go away from an industry and come back. And that's coaching. It's no different athletics. Right. Football is not like basketball, where you can just, even in the offseason, go get legit pickup games in LA with other pros. Or baseball, take simulated BPs. There's either football with your team, where you're playing the sport, or there's working out, and it has nothing to do with that, right? So he has. There, there's no way he's gotten better. And the famous saying in football, and I would imagine in most industries, you're either getting better or you're getting worse. Nobody stays the same. Now, maybe he, he's still young. He can get back to that level. But I would say he's in a major hole right now of getting, like you said, passed by these other guys that have been playing and improving. Oh, I mean, th- since he left, Josh Allen, Burrow, Herbert, uh, I think Derek Carr's gotten better. Uh, maybe Lamar Jackson has regressed a little. I just Russell Wilson's now in the AFC. I I don't consider him a top. And again, nice player. I don't consider him a top five AFC quarterback. I never thought he was Aaron Rodgers. I never thought he was Brady. I don't think he's as talented a thrower as Matt Stafford. Um, yeah, it is interesting. The Lamar Jackson story, and I don't know what to make of it. He changed his Twitter and Instagram profile this weekend, and he says, I need money. Um, I don't remember who said this. <laughs> Maybe it was Ben Franklin or, or Thomas Jefferson. I don't remember who said this, but they said, um, if you are representing yourself, you have an idiot for a client. Was that Who said that? There's, a, there's an old quote about that. He represents himself. That's a good one. And it's like, Lamar, you can't represent yourself. I always feel with Lamar Jackson and his contract, it's kind of a fuzzy, mismanaged, poorly communicated mess. Am I reaching? What do people say? Well, I think it goes back to the combine. Uh, Remember, he refused to run. There was one guy that said he was a wide receiver. Most people thought he was a quarterback. Yeah. Fast guys at the combine should run. Well, who was, who was representing him? His mom. You know, and so it's, they're like, we're not going to run. We're not going to show it. Lamar, if Lamar would have gone to the combine and ran, he never would have been there at 32. You know why? He would have ran like a 4-2-8 if people would have had to pick him. <laughs> right. To me, the contract thing, I, I know someone in Baltimore, they love him. And I've come around on him a lot. I wasn't a big fan coming out in the draft. 
the stuff I hear about the character and yeah. how his team and, and how he's improved and yeah. how much he loves football. He's everything you want. No, I like I but, like his competitive spirit. There's a but, lot but I'm I like about I, I, To me, if you're going to represent yourself, you got to be like 33 and Richard Sherman and already had multiple contracts and know what you're doing. Yes. Your first big contract, when you're kind of already a polarizing, like, do we want to give a guy that's going to run around a lot? This is it's actually an easy one for the Ravens, right? They're just like just keep pushing it down, pushing right. it out. They would love to play this thing out, right? <laughs> I mean, that's and to me, he's in this weird spot where he does have a lot of leverage. They can't operate without him. They need him to make. I I think they're going to be pretty good. If you tell me they got everyone coming back, I think they're deep. They got Kyle Hamilton. They drafted the center. All their running backs are going to come back. Like I, I, the division's going to be a little. You know, the Bengals probably take a little bit of a step back. Yeah. The Steelers' offense is a disaster. Who knows what the Cleveland Browns? Right. They're going to be a mess all season. To me, the Ravens could easily be an eleven, twelve win team. Yeah. But it starts. You know, obviously their defense, but with him, and you want him in a good spot. I mean, think how Josh Allen, Mahomes, and obviously those guys. Definitely Mahomes. You could argue. He's accomplished more than Josh Allen because he won the MVP, and he's. I think they both won a playoff game. But you want those guys just focused on football. You don't yeah. want this kind of carrying over once we, you know, in twenty or whatever days once we get going. All right, two non NFL topics with John Middlecoff. Uh, number one, I think the most frustrating thing for me as a member of the media is the constant outrage in political media, uh, the overreacting in the in, in the sports media. And there's a lot of talented people, and and we all have our bad days. But my takeaway on this thing about USC and UCLA joining the Big Ten is that if the Pac-12, Oregon, Washington, Utah, Arizona schools, Colorado, join the Big 12, Baylor, Oklahoma, plus BYU is going in, Houston's going in, it's actually a pretty good football conference. I mean, at the end of last year, you had like Baylor 4, Oklahoma State 7, Oregon was in the 20s, BYU was in the 20s, I think Houston was like 17, uh, one of the other schools I think was like 12, Utah was 12. Yeah. And my takeaway, I said it this last week, that college basketball men and women's gives you a template. If you expand to 16 teams, it doesn't matter where the teams come from. We don't care where Gonzaga comes from. The expanded Big Ten will put in five. Of the 16, SEC puts in six. The Big 12 will put in two. ACC, if Miami gets their act together, two, along with Clemson. Maybe an independent can get in. Is that, yes, Oregon State and Washington State could be left out. But let's be honest, in our lifetimes, they're probably a better fit with Fresno State, Boise State, San Diego State, where they can compete for a championship and get an automatic bid into a field of 16. So I, I kind of looked at the the reaction to it. My takeaway is I think it's going to work out fine. And I think when they expand the playoffs, it's going to have a college basketball feel to it. Yeah, I mean, I, I think just born and raised on the West Coast and I grew up going to Cal football games. I mean, Cal lost a game last year to Arizona that I thought was pretty symbolic of the conference where Berkeley didn't allow them to take like 25 players and, and they played with a bunch of backups and that's where Jed Fish got his one win. Like yeah. they, We just don't care. About, I mean, the, the things you have to overcome politically out here, football is just not that important. Right. Well, it is at USC, you know, and they're taking it very, very seriously financially. So to me, losing them, I, I think emotionally to a lot of people, I, I get it. It sucks. But let's face it, the Pac-12 died years ago. Yeah. I mean, it's been it's been beyond irrelevant. And if, if it wasn't for them kind of getting lucky to get Chris Peterson at Washington, the Pac-12 never would have sniffed a playoff game. You know, they, they have been they've been closer to the Mountain West some years. The when the Mountain West is beating Fresno State, Boise, some of these teams are beating the Pac-12 schools. Oh, yeah. So it's like, what, what are we doing? 
No, I mean, if not for Phil Knight and Chris Peterson, it's been the Mountain West. I mean, that's what it's been. I mean, Chris Peterson for about a half hour and Phil Knight, as he continues to do, um, kind of spearheading that program financially. I mean, right now they're they're going out and paying players, which I think is legal. I'm not sure what's legal. I'm not sure what's not. Do you, do you, do you think they would have wanted him? Obviously, Mick Crone and the UCLA is alive again, and yeah. Lincoln Riley the last six months they feel alive. Let's just say it was Clay and some random basketball coach. Still, do you yeah. think they're still as valuable, or do you think no. their momentum kind of made them more? No, interesting? I think Lincoln Riley makes them very attractive. I think Mick Cronin makes UCLA very attractive. The Bruins were a hundred million dollars in debt anyway. I mean, they they were going to have to cut multiple. They were sports. they were in shambles. All right, live golf. So my takeaway has been pretty consistent. You have to be completely naive between IOC, FIFA, the Social Olympics, the NBA in China, uh, Saudi Arabian sheiks buying soccer teams. But there's something about this that we're outraged that independent contractors, otherwise known as PGA golfers, want exemptions. And my takeaway, if it was Yemen tour, PGA wouldn't care. If it was the, if it was the Portuguese tour, but it's the Saudi Arabian tour and they have a bottomless pit of cash and it scares the hell out of the PGA, which, by the way, has suddenly now made some tweaks and some adjustments and they've got newfound money. What has been your basic take? I don't know if I could join it, right? Like, I, 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 it does make me uncomfortable, but I just feel like we're piling on golfers when I have a global sports web of Vladimir Putin doing things, China with the NBA doing things, and I just I can't get that outraged by it. I, I look at it two ways. One, I think there's a big disconnect. And again, this is the golf media. And a lot of them do business with the golf channel who's in bed with the PGA Tour, so they have an agenda. I don't think most fans just purely care whether guys are taking money or not. I, so I think the people that are outraged, the media that's very loud about it, I don't think the golf fan cares that much. The golf fan that watched the PGA Tour, I would imagine if you just factor in all the leagues, are on the higher end in terms of income, yeah. in terms of money. Like they, they're a business, it's a business sport right. and it's a high end. So they, they get it. Now, I think from a fan standpoint of, you want to watch Bryson, Kepka, DJ with the other guys. Right. That's where it sucks. If I told you that, Aaron Rodgers, Mahomes, this upcoming year are going to be in a different league. That would suck. Or Steph Curry, Luka, and Jokic are going to this other basketball league. You're going to have to watch them. That's where people are like, this is, it's just making it more complicated. But from a financial standpoint, no one, once these guys are throwing out the money, they gave you $150 million, they had to. They, they couldn't have got Dustin Johnson, who's worth hundreds of millions of dollars, for $25 million. Right. So they had to spend... The only reason this was viable is because of someone... Like, this isn't viable with anyone else. Even if Elon or Bezos were interested, because they would, they'd be like, well, we don't have a TV contract yet, the ROI, we're not going to make any money. They don't even care for the foreseeable future. And this also gets back to Greg Norman, who has, you know, I, the story broke today, the... They have this special thing, the 150th Open Championship this week, British Open. All the former champions are going to play like kind of nine holes, screw around, and then have a big dinner. Every guy that's ever won it. Well, Greg Norman's won it twice. Yeah. Obviously, Phil's won it. Louis Oosthuizen, who's also in Live, has won it. Those guys did not get told they can't come. They said, come on in. They told Greg Norman, do not show up. 
And obviously the PGA Tour now is in bed with the European. It's all business. It's all right. infighting, you know? And ultimately, Greg Norman, 30 years ago, had this idea for golf tournaments to feed the top players money. The PGA Tour stole it. It's called the WGC. So he has a vendetta against them, and he would not be able to take them down, Colin, unless he had this money pit, which he had. And that's where I think a lot of the media who are threatened because this sport now that's kind of been booming, it's been right. growing a little bit without Tiger, too. It feels like, are we going to now take a step back? And the league's not going to be as important. So I think there are just so many agendas. It's why a lot of the players, if you hear them talking, go, I understand it. It just ultimately sucks. I want everyone on this tour right. so it's the best. But it's, but there, no other league has where it's just like, we got a tournament this weekend. Who's going to show up? We don't know. It's like, if it's the NBA playoffs, you know exactly who's going to be there. Week one for the NFL, unless people are hurt, you know who's going to play. If I just tell you, you know, the random tournament in Florida is going on, you're like, well... Two of the top 10 guys might be there. Who knows? They get to choose. And that that is ultimately hurt them. But it goes back to the way the business is set up with the with the nonprofit. There are all these complicated... It's just too complicated, honestly. I mean, all the other major sports dropped that uh, the tax exemption years ago just because they didn't want to deal with it. They were getting too big. And maybe that's the way the PGA... You can still funnel money to, to charities without being that way. And maybe that's where they need to pivot to. Yeah, I, I think... Listen... I, I feel like you. I, I feel some of the golf writers have a bit of an agenda. I had Rick Riley on my show, you know, and I said, you know, I'll play devil's advocate. You know, our government has a strong economic alliance with them and has post 9-11, post murder of the Washington Post journalist. And he said, well, but we we have to do that. And I think not really. Not really. Um, we don't. We don't we can survive without I mean, only five percent of the oil coming to America now is Saudi oil. So we, we, we're fine without them. So someone told me a, a former PJ Tour player that said one point, And this is interesting, right? They do a lot of revenue sharing. And when Fox bought when they were in the golf game, remember, they bought the U.S. Open. And I think it was like ninety eight million dollars on the first time they ever had it at Chambers Bay. And that's what it was. And the and the pot, and this is what made Phil really mad. So ninety eight million dollars, and the uh, the purse was like twelve million dollars. And once Fox got it, it went up to like fifteen. And Phil goes, "We're not asking for eighty of the ninety, but how is this purse not forty million? Where's the money going?" Yeah, and that's I think there been a lot of put, and he's led the charge, Phil, because again, like Norman, business guy, very aggressive, big alpha, and butted heads sometimes with the PGA Tour or some of these guys. They're making so much money. And, and I put DJ and Kepka under that. These golfers, I mean, the tough guys make a ton off and on the course. But once you someone throws in golf, the money's not guaranteed. You have to earn it. Right. So once a guy cuts you a $100 million check, it's why Kepka says, I'm not in. And then like, well, you want $25 million more? We'll make it $125. He said, I'm in. And now he's gone. And yeah. it's, I don't think it's going to stop. Well, think about Howard Stern and... Joe Rogan. So they build up, they build up, they build up, they build up these big audiences. And then Sirius XM says to Howard and Spotify says to Joe Rogan, okay, we're going to pay the bag. Not 100% of your audience is going to follow you, probably 75%. But you get generational wealth and Stern and Rogan had worked for years at their craft. And and that's where I look at a lot of these guys like Phil Mickelson and Greg Norman have been doing this forever. I joked the other day, I'm going to be selling reverse mortgages, coins, and have a Depends commercial in like 18 years. Like, that's my takeaway. Now, a young golfer, you really do have to pay him $150 million. 
But like Phil Mickelson, like he's got the legacy. He's got the majors. I think a lot of people you could go to. I just my whole career, I've watched guys that they dominate an industry. They're really, really great. And then they get to a point where Howard's like $100 million a year. I'm moving. And and Joe Rogan's like, yeah, they're going to they're gonna take some of my podcasts I've done, like Alex Jones. They're going to eliminate those, okay? And it's going to piss off my fans. But I don't need 100% of my audience. I'm monetizing my brand to the highest degree. And I think Phil's argument is simply an economic one. I'm just not monetizing my brand. I'm giving away 50% of my income annually. Yeah, and I, I don't think anyone, people, however, they might hate Phil now, but like Phil to me is completely understandable where, where Liv is trying to screw the PGA Tour. It'd be essentially like if another NFL was started by the Saudis and they went to Alabama, Ohio State, and USC and got their top players, they are offering the top amateurs that turn into Scotty Scheffler or Jordan Spieth a ton of money. And they've been lucky that a lot of these guys are American-born, grew up, you know, tends country club kids that idol that want to play on the PGA Tour have turned them down. But if they get three or four of those, if they get the next Jordan Spieth or whatever to go, then they might have something. The problem, though, is how is Liv... Liv's better... PGA Tour creates stars, right? Through winning, yeah. through building up your brand. If you just go to Liv and they give you $5 million as a 22-year-old, how do you become a star that's right. that to turn into Rory, to turn into to Jordan? That's where it gets difficult, and that's what the PGA Tour has over them. That's what I've always said about the G League. If the G League gave you $2 million, I'd still go to Duke. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. NBA. Ask Zion how that worked out for him. I mean, he became a superstar. Did you see the draft this year? One G League guy at the top, a bunch of college guys. The bottom line is this, the NBA has demonized college basketball forever. You guys realize March Madness beats the NBA in ratings, sometimes hammers it. Are you, yeah. you going to tell me that Jalen Suggs, Zion Williamson, I don't know who these guys are in the G League. So I think your point is, if I was a young golfer, now, Brooks Kepka and Bryce Neshambo and Dustin Johnson, they have real brands. They're the alphas yeah. on the tour. But I, I could never take it as a young guy. I probably wouldn't take it if I'm Brooks Kepka, although I'm not, I'm not, you know, uh, holier than thou in this. But I get the older golfer who feels sure. he's left 50% of his revenue. I get the 56-year-old or the how, how old's Phil? 40 what? Phil, I think, just is like 51. He turned okay. 50 last year, so he's, yeah, yeah it's over. There's you know? no way to make that. I get <laughs> it. I really do. And you can say what you want, but let's go back to NBA China, Sochi Olympics. Let's, let's not be too precious on this thing. Whoever your sport is, you just need to be able to build up stars. And I've always said about the NFL, one thing they really have going for them. I was watching the NBA draft. I don't think the majority of people really knew who, even the guys that played at Duke or Auburn, like how many games had they seen? When the NFL draft happened, you're like, oh, I watched Alabama play four times. I know half those guys. Or I watched Georgia. Or I watched USC or Texas. We know all these guys when they get in the league, even the third rounders. So it's just easier to hit the ground running where I think that's what basketball, it looks like they've actually got a pretty good crop these last couple of years. But you, you, need, you need the college to keep pumping you people. I've never said this before, but I thought it with a buddy this weekend. So the least popular TV sport of the big four is hockey. They have a completely anonymous minor league system. The second most anonymous minor league system is baseball. It gets the second worst ratings. 
But a lot of people in America do go to minor league baseball games. So it's not as bad as hockey. Although it gets no TV. Yeah. Okay. The third worst is college basketball, which used to be dynamic. Now it's one and done. And then, of course, the best is the NFL. So think about this. The popularity in the big four in America goes in a linear order. The better and more viewed your minor league system, I have more emotional connection. NFL is number one. College football is the best feeder system. Big ratings. Basketball, two. Baseball, three. Hockey, four. So this, and it's to your point, the NBA has never understood this. The G League, then these guys like Jalen Green go to bad teams. I don't see him for five years. I can't, you know, I still, if the Orlando Magic are on TV, I stop to watch Jalen Suggs. If the Pelicans are on, I stop to watch Zion. I, I think the NBA butchers this. And I love Adam Silver. I I think they don't have any idea. They're just, it is like a microwave. They microwave your stars for you. Four games in the tournament, huge ratings for Zion, the whole country. You don't have to pay them anything. Just Nothing. let them do it. It's free. <laughs> it's unbelievable. I, I, I was watching the hockey draft the other day. I was just bored. It was on like Wednesday night. I was like, I'll check it out. The first pick was from like Slovenia. I mean, all their guys, none of them are from here. So we've never, even if you did watch hockey, you would never have seen them. So I'm when I was a kid in the 90s and Michael and the NBA, college basketball, Allen Iverson, Shaq, you were locked in on those guys like you would be Tua yep. or this year with Bryce Young or CJ. Like you wanted to watch the prospects. And now it's, I mean, the, the G League team, Ignite, Jalen Green, they played in my backyard in Walnut Creek. I think they just moved to Vegas. So that's where they're going to play next year. But for two years, they've played in Walnut Creek. And obviously, I think this year it was much worse because two years ago, they had Jalen and Kaminga. Like, yeah. that was a pretty good crew. But now you, Duke and Texas, and they can pay you a premium. Why right. wouldn't you just take the million dollars and go play there for a year and get seen on national television a bunch? Yeah, I think one of the things that's happening, college basketball is going to go in a little bit of a renaissance here. The NIL is great for college basketball. If a Duke can pay you 400000 and the G League's paying you 500000 seriously, the coaching is well, better you know, at Duke. You know who's awesome at college basketball now? Who? The SEC. Why? Because of college football money. And they, the SEC, what Larry Scott wanted to be awesome at the Olympic sports, and forever the Pac-12 hung their hat on the Olympic sports. Well, then the SEC for a decade, led by Saban and now all these other guys, have printed so much money. All their Olympic sports have gone like this, and their college ba- they're paying college basketball coach five six million dollars. Their golf teams fly private. They're, did you watch the College World Series? Half of them were from the SEC. <laughs> you know, they, it used to be UCLA, Stanford. Like, no, it's those guys because they have the money. So back to USC and UCLA. Ultimately, like it changes your program. I saw the UCLA athletic director. Like you said, they were going to cut the program. He's like, now not only can we not cut programs, we can reinvest. So instead of losing our, you know tennis coach to Auburn because they can double his salary. Now we can pay. And that, that to me is where college sports is really gone. The SEC and college basketball, you notice a lot of top recruits are going to play down there. Yeah. All right, John Middlecoff, host of three and out at the volume and the go low pod. Great golf podcast as always buddy on a Sunday night, which will air Monday morning. Great seeing you. See you Colin. Make sure to check out the Draymond Green Show, 
I brought Draymond Green into the volume because one of the more entertaining voices in sports, unique perspective, understands behind the rope, also chops up with guests like Gary Payton, Zach Levine, Tracy McGrady. Make sure, download the Draymond Green Show wherever you get your podcasts, only on the Volume Podcast Network. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff. Are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Mini Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.